this morning after the service, uh, one of the uh, Japanese uh, elders, maybe, um, had came up and, and gave a short little uh, message about the fact that uh, after the war, um, MacArthur had sent out some people to take a look at Japan, and it, the whole purpose was to rebuild Japan. Um, but it also included Japanese education. And they were going to remove the kanji from the Japanese language. And it was, and it was just going to be uh, romaji, uh, romaji, English written romaji. I mean, can you imagine how ridiculous that would be? It's almost impossible to understand uh, Japanese using romaji. I mean, you can understand street signs, but not sentences. <laughs> Um, but thankfully, they kept the kanji in there. I'm not exactly sure what happened. MacArthur, okay, MacArthur said, we're not going to take the kanji out. It needs to be part of the Japanese culture. And thank goodness it is. <laughs> you know, I was able to make that kind of message this morning using the kanji. <laughs> so um, where's my, oh, here's my laptop. So this morning, I'm going to touch on a few kanji as well in the subject of who is this king? Um, Matthew 21, 1 through 11. When they had approached Jesus, or Jerusalem, did you already read this this morning? No, okay, all right. Uh, Jerusalem, and had come to Bethphage at the Mount of Olives. Then Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village opposite you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied there and a colt with her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, you shall say, The Lord has need of them, and immediately he will send them. This took place to fulfill what the, was spoken through the prophet. Say to the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you, gentle and mounted on a donkey, even on a colt, the foal of a beast, a burden. The disciples went and did just as Jesus had instructed them and brought the donkey and the colt and laid their coats on them. And he sat on the coats. Most of the crowd spread their coats in the road and others were cutting branches from the trees and spreading them in the road. The crowds were going ahead of him and those who followed were shouting, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. When he had entered Jerusalem, all the city was stirred, saying, Who is this? And the crowds were saying, This is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth in Galilee. So I want to show a picture of who this king is through kanji. So bear with me here. We'll have a little kanji lesson for those of you who don't know kanji. And then I feel... Uh, humbled to be able to share with those of you that know a lot more about kanji than me, but let's just go ahead and take a look at this uh, picture. So this is the kanji for king in Chinese and Japanese, this kanji here. <clears throat> this kanji king comes from God himself. He's given to us as the Lamb of God. So in Chinese, you can see the Lamb 
is has horns on a king. But usually when we write the, the word for lamb in Chinese, it has a tail attached to it. So I've just drawn it very lightly here. But you'll see why I've just drawn it very lightly, because we're going to remove it here, because in the kanji we're going to expose, we're going to actually see that the king is there. So in the um, in kanji, um, there, it, there are images that depict abstracts and real things. So a lamb um, doesn't always have horns on it, or a sheep doesn't always have horns. There are other animals that always have horns, but a sheep doesn't always have horns. But in this particular case, we know that the lamb has horns. Because in Revelations chapter 5, it says there was a lamb that had seven horns. It's referring to Jesus, who is the Lamb of God. So we'll say that <laughs> this king has horns on it, representing the gift that's from God, the Lamb of God given to us. Now you can see why I chose to remove the tail from the king, because I'm putting the sh this lamb above me. So who is this king? This king is the Lamb of God given to us by God. And this kanji that I'm using here is the kanji for righteousness, which I'm sure most of you are familiar with. The bottom half of this kanji is the kanji for me. So a king has to have subjects, right? And his subjects are all of those who believe in him. In Revelation, John is on, uh, in, translated to heaven and he's seeing this vision of this book that cannot be opened. It has all these people's names in it. It's all the names of all the people, all the subjects of the Lamb of God that have said, I am a sinner. I believe that Jesus died for me. My name is written in this Lamb's book of life. And John is standing there crying, saying there's no one strong enough to open up the the, the Lamb's Book of Life. And a strong angel comes up to him and says, don't cry anymore. The Lion of Judah can, can do this. And when he looks up, he sees that this lion is actually a lamb as though slain. And he is the one that has purchased with his blood people from every nation, every tongue, every tribe. That includes places like Japan. Their people's names are in the book of life. It's amazing. So we become his subjects when we admit to the fact that we are sinners. Ayako Miura is a famous uh, Japanese novelist. She wrote a book called, an international bestseller called um, Shiokari Pass. And in that book, she talks about the true life story of a young railroad road worker in uh, northern Japan. And he, um, throughout his life, he has some association with Christianity because his mother is a Christian, and he, um, but he doesn't really believe in it. But he believes himself to be a good person all of his life. And one day he sees a street preacher who tells him that... Uh, he is not really a good person, that he is a bad person, and he needs Christ's death on the cross to save him from the death that he deserves. But 
uh, Nagano, this name of this guy, this railroad worker, um, believes that he is capable of doing great good. So the preacher then challenges him and says, okay, if you're good, let's see if you can just obey one of these commands of Jesus. And the command is, love your neighbor. <laughs> so uh, he then uh, goes ahead and, and takes that upon himself to say, okay, I will go ahead and challenge myself to prove to this pastor, this preacher, that I can love my neighbor. Well, very shortly, he's given the opportunity to do such because one of the guys that he's working with in the railroad uh, station, he actually steals money from uh, the company, the railroad company. And he is found out. And so the railroad uh, foreman then fires this guy. And so Nagano, Nobuo, then he goes and, and petitions on behalf of his friend and says, hey, reinstate this guy as an employee. I'll stand by him and, and we'll work together to make restitution. And the railroad master or the foreman is just blown away by the fact that Nagano is willing to do that. And so the railroad man says, okay, all right, we'll go ahead and restate this, reinstate this guy, and he gives him his job back, but he must do so only by moving to a new city, and Nagano has to also move with that guy to the new city. And so he has to leave all of his loved ones. So he, it's a challenge for him to go ahead and move to the new city, leaving his loved ones behind, but he does so because he's wanting to prove that he can love his neighbor. Well, he gets to the new place and they start working together. And after a short time, all of a sudden, this guy starts to become bitter about uh, Nagano because he's starting to challenge Nagano saying, you know what, you're only loving me because, or liking me or helping me because it makes you look better. So <laughs> Nagano on the outside <laughs> continues to show compassion. But on the inside, he's angry. He hates this guy. And he's so mad. And he, it's at that point that he realizes that before God, his heart is wicked. He doesn't truly love his neighbor. That challenged him to see that he does deserve the death that the preacher did say he justly deserves. And that it was at that point that he found that he really did need to admit to the fact that he was a sinner. And so when he came and talked to the pastor, he, he, the pastor sits him down and says, uh, Nagano, you have to realize that it was you that put Christ on the cross. And he goes, are you kidding? Christ died on the cross 2,000 years ago. It wasn't me. But then he explains to him that you are the executioner. You were the one that crucified Christ, not anybody else. You have to think on yourself that you were the one that executed Christ. It's all men are part of Adam. Adam sinned. We all have original sin, and we continue to do evil and do sin. When we take a look at the executioner kanji that I call, as I call it, you'll see that it's a hand. That executioner is talking about me. But in my hand, what am I holding? I'm holding a spear. The kanji for ware, or for me, is a hand 
with a spear in it. That's why I call it the executioner kanji. It's not the one being sacrificed. It's the one that is, is doing the sacrifice. When we recognize that we're the ones that put Christ on the cross, it's at that point that we can admit to our own sin and say, we acknowledge Christ as our Lamb of God, the one that God chose that was perfect, that was put on the cross on our behalf and died for us. This picture here is an amazing picture because when you look at it, it really talks about one point in time, an exact second in time. And that is when the king of kings is on the cross with the crown of thorns on his head and the, and the soldier is standing there with a the spear stabbed into his side, the centurion says, surely this was a righteous man. That's the picture of what's going on here. It's at Calvary that we actually come, as I had showed last week, that we come to the cross and admit that Christ is our one and only perfect Lamb of God who died for us. When we admit to our own failings and we admit to being a sinner and ask for God's mercy on us, he grants the promise of eternal life to us when we believe. But that's not the end of the story. This king doesn't go through the same process that we go through. In Japanese, there's a, there's a, a phrase, kuchihateru, which means to die in obscurity. And it is used in the Bible as the word for decay. And it's what all men go through. We All of our lives are shortened by death. And when we die, we actually decay. The interesting thing about this phrase is, is that we can take it apart and actually see how it came about. Kuchi, the word for decay, is made up of a tree. That tree represents the tree of life, a tree that we used to have access to, but because we sinned against God and ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, he then makes one enclosure around the tree. So we have no access to the tree of life anymore. By having no access to the tree of life, we, when we die, we decay. To die in obscurity, hateru is actually made up of the kanji of fruit. You can see kudamono. Many times this, this first kanji here is seen at the fruit stands. And it means fruit. But it also means to die in Japanese. It has both of those meanings. And in fact, in Buddhism, it's used for the word enlightenment. When we ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and ate that fruit, we disobeyed God. And he said that if you do such, you shall surely die. So this kanji means fruit and to die. But Christ rose again before decay. So in Acts 13, verse 25, my Bible secretary here, (laughs) it's the passage about where you will not allow your son to undergo decay. It's from the Old Testament, but it's also, I think, quoted in Acts. But David and all the fathers, uh, 2.27? Acts 2? 
Oh, so it's one minus three. <laughs> or three minus one, I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. Acts chapter. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, I saw the Lord always in my presence, for he is at my right hand so that I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart was glad and my tongue exalted. Moreover, my flesh also will live in hope because you will not abandon my soul to Hades nor allow your Holy One to undergo decay. You have always made known to me the ways of life. You will make me full of gladness with your presence. Um, So Jesus' forefathers, all of them, died and decayed. But Jesus himself did not undergo decay. So this is the, when we take a look at the, the phrase, kuchihateru, this phrase is actually used in the Japanese Bible saying that Jesus did not undergo decay. He actually reversed the, the problem that man created when man ate of the fruit and God enclosed the tree of life. And Jesus' death on the cross is our tree of life. That's how we need to look at Jesus today. Uh, That's my message, so thank you very much for your patience with me today.